Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. We're back again. It's me, Becky, and with me is Leah. Hi, everybody. Um, so we're going to start our off this episode a little different because we're doing something a little special for the month of April. This episode is going to release on April 4th. So we kind of, um, Lee and I talked about it. And one of the things that's really important to us is that we um, are giving some time and celebration for indie authors. So with April being Indie Author Month, our focus this month is all about the indie author. Um, Each quick shot episode and happy hour Um, All Things Buzzing is going to celebrate uh, the indie author. You can expect each episode to highlight some of the best and some new on the scene indie authors for the whole month of April. Um, So to kick off Indie Author Month, we um, invited author... Okay, I have words. Leah, do you have words? I have words. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's start over. No, not really starting all the way over, but um, we are kicking off Indie Author Month with our first Indie Author Spotlight episode. Our guest on this episode is Jiff and Jenny Kate. Together they make up the writing duo Jiffy Kate. Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jiffy Kate? Jiffy Kate is the pen, the joint pen name for Jiff Simpson and Jenny Kate Altman. Together, they spend their evenings and weekends spinning tales and hoping one day they hit a bestsellers list. Jiff was born and raised in Louisiana, but now she lives in Texas with her two teenagers and her two English bulldogs, Georgia Ray, no, Georgia Rose, and Jake. She loves Project Runway, Queen, 80s music and movies, and The Color Purple. When she's not shaping the lives of our future generation, you can find her planning her next vacation to Disney. Jenny Kate is a small town girl from Oklahoma. She's a self-proclaimed coffee junkie connoisseur. Her husband stays annoyed at her taste in music and her teenager thinks she's weird. So basically she's winning at life. Between a full-time job as an accounting assistant and her three rambunctious fur babies, she's often dreaming about maid services and vacation days. So we're excited to jump in and get a chance to chat with Jiff and Jenny Kate. Here we go. Well, welcome to uh, Jiff and Jenny Kate, the duo of Jiffy Kate. We are so excited to have you guys with us. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so we're much. Here. We're happy to be here. <laughs> um, so not awkward at all. We're not awkward. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Leah and I have cornered awkward, just so y'all know. It's kind of our gig now. Like, well, we're mine for second or first place. Like, yeah, you've we're got a, competition. We're in <laughs> competition. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> These are our people, Leah. These are our people. <laughs> exactly. These are the people that like. It makes the awkward even better. Like, it's like hey, it's hey. a group effort here. <laughs> Let me That's see going. how how many times can I laugh like awkwardly and like make eye contact. Um. So give us your backstory, guys. Um, how'd you guys find each other? <laughs> oh, Don't okay. both jump in at once. <laughs> we found each other on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we were both tweeting about tornado sirens going off. Because uh, I was living in Oklahoma at the time. And we realized that, hey, we must live close together or close enough to each other that, Ish. you know. Yeah. We're experiencing the same weather, so uh, 
we should totally get together and do lunch. And we did. And we've never looked back. <laughs> That's what tornadoes brought you together. Tornadoes did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we met at Panera Bread, like down the street from my work. And um, I remember when I was leaving that day, my mom was like, you're going to meet somebody from where? And I'm like, oh, this is girl. She, my parent, they were used to it by that time. I, I was well into like the, I, it did not scare me to hop on a plane and go meet somebody and, you know, like I had already flown to like Denver to meet a friend from online. And so it wasn't like that weird. It wasn't that out of the realm of things I did back then. But um, she was like, so you're going to Panera, like just down the street. I'm like, yeah. She was like, okay, so when should I expect you back? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but we ended up hitting it off. I think we had like a three hour lunch, which is very typical for us. Yeah, which like is, that's standard. That. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, the whole online thing, people, you know, kind of always like, oh, you have friends from online. I'm like, yeah, some of my best friends. I actually, my husband and I met online, good old AOL back in you know, the late 90s. <laughs> back in the day. So, um, you know, I, there's so much potential out there, good and the bad, right? Yep. I told her I was going to Forks. Like, I think we met for the first time in March. Was it in March, Jeff? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And during, of course, our, like our mutual thing at that time was Twilight. And so I was telling her like how I was going to see, I was flying to Seattle and going to Forks. And she was like, you are, you know, like I'm totally <laughs> going. And it really was, it was like, it was total connection like just right there she was like I'm going and I was like okay I was planning on traveling alone so it was cool to have you know somebody local like that was wanting to travel with me and we uh, what was our second date oh 100 monkeys we our second date was to 100 monkeys concert yeah so that was was it yeah that's so so. awesome um so are you guys readers of romance oh absolutely absolutely yeah for sure yeah well huh no go ahead no I was just saying I mean when we met we were we were just huge and like I said huge into Twilight which Twilight fan fiction that's what we read I don't think I was reading any kind of like books outside of fan fiction at that point (laughs) like at all um and so that was just I mean but as we started to a lot of our the people from the Twilight fan fiction world started to merge into um, contemporary romance and indie romance became a big thing. And so, um, it was like, we just have one of those moments, like, wait, like, so if they can do it, like maybe we can do it. Cause by that time we were writing fan fiction, you know, and had written fan fiction for a while. And it was like, maybe we can do that. You know, we should publish, give, we- give it a try, <laughs> which is what we did. You guys actually inspired an upcoming episode that we're having in May. Oh. Um, so we had... Because well, when we were talking at Drunk Book Club, you were saying like different authors that you have met through fan fiction. And Becky and I were thinking, let's talk about the leap from fan fiction to, to novelist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do a, a whole show about oh, it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. awesome. Yeah. So you guys like totally inspired us because the whole fan fiction realm, I think, is really interesting and... I don't think a lot of people realize just how many of our favorite contemporary authors, you know, you guys came out of fan fiction. There's the Christina Lawrence have come out of fan fiction. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows about E.L. James and, e. you know, James. the 50, yeah. yeah, the 50 Shades of Grey fan fiction. But I think that there is, um, I, I just think it's very interesting and intriguing and, you know, 
I've read a lot of fan fiction, so I find it really awesome that mm-hmm. kind of taking that leap, taking it's, that movement. It's amazing the, when you stop and think about how many authors, and we only, or we mostly know those that came from Twilight. And so, you know, there are tons of others from, mm-hmm. from other fandoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Anna Todd. Twilight. Yeah. Anna Todd wrote One Direction fan. Yeah. I mean, all the after series is from One Direction fan fiction from Wattpad. So, you know, there's yeah. tons out there that we don't even know about. Um, yeah. Lauren Lauren H. May, she came from Walking Dead fan fiction. Jody Slaughterback mm. came, or Jody Slaughter, she came from Walking Dead fan fiction. <laughs> that is awesome. So it's just and like Jim and I are both like, oh well, maybe we need to go. Maybe we need to go read some Walking Dead fan fiction. Let me dust the <laughs> collect the dust off of my fanfic.net password here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, clean that up. So, what was your last five star read? Oh, oh, um, Bet the Farm by Stacy Hart for me. I have been reading a lot of Claire Kingsley and Lucy Score lately, uh-huh. and so I'm deep into the um, Bootleg Spring series, and I'm I trying. To, I'm debating series. right now because I started it in audio, so I got past. I got. Um, I finished book four, and the last two aren't in audio, so I'm like, do I jump to Kindle? Do I wait it out? Don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Do. You don't want to wait. Don't wait. <clears throat> so There's, anyway, no. so my, la- my last one was, the. Uh, I guess, what would that have been? Bourbon Bliss or something like Bourbon that? That was definitely Bliss. my yeah. last mm-hmm. we, yeah, that's a, yeah. we read Whiskey Chaser that's a good series. for Drunk Book Club in December, and Lucy came and joined us, and we've all been a little obsessed with that <laughs> since December. Yeah, but, I love it. Um, I've been obsessed I, with Claire Kingsley for, oh, actually, I would take that back. I am so sorry. I did. I took a break okay. from the Bootleg Spring series, and I read, I mean, not that that wasn't a five-star read for me. It was, but I went, I jumped back over to the Bailey Brothers series, so I, I love I'm, Claire Kingsley. I I'm read waiting until they all come out, and then I can just binge, because yeah. I love those. Yeah, I, love I just, her. I, yesterday I finished Unraveling Him, which was book three, I think, so mm-hmm. yeah, I really love it. They're so good. I love yeah, the, Stace, the Stacey Hart one is on my TBR, but I've she, heard she went out of KU, out of it. so like I have to, I have to wait until the book budget makes it okay. I, I'm, I'm very, um, it's, it's hard for me to give something five stars. Like it has to really mm-hmm. wow me, and it just, it just hit what I needed at that moment. You know, um, I actually read it when um, the big freeze hit. Texas or the South and yeah. I didn't have electricity and I was freezing my ass off and had nothing else to do. And it was what I needed to take my mind off of all of that. And it gave me all the warm fuzzies I needed to survive. Thank you, Stacy. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, but yeah, it, it's super cute. And I'm currently listening to the songbook of Benny Lament by Amy Harmon. And I already I know. That's that's gonna be my next five star. I mean, <laughs> I just downloaded that yesterday. I'm probably starting that tomorrow. Are you, are you listening to it? Are you doing the audio? Yeah, I, I downloaded the audio. I heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah. That's, yep. that's. I really haven't good. heard of that one yet, so guess I'm adding a book to my TBR. It just, well, Amy time. Amy Harmon holds many five star reads yeah. for me. I I love her. And um, is it historical? Jeff? Is it like? Um, it takes place in the '60s, so not like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the other books that we read. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Cool. 
Yeah, interesting. It's it's hard to think that you know books in the '60s, '70s, and '80s they want to call them historical romance. Well, you can't you can't lump the '80s in there. That was just 20 years ago, and it will always be 20. Years it wasn't ago. 20 years <laughs> ago though. Always, <laughs> always 20 years ago. I know. I was just on TikTok a little bit ago, and this guy was talking about how he got this book from a used bookstore. And he thought it was so cool because in the front of the book, somebody had written like the date and it was like December, blah, 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 1994. And they even wrote the time that they started the book. And then, and then he flipped to the back of the book and they'd written the time that they had finished the book. And he was like, you know, the crazy thing is that was two years before I was born. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh, oh, you're about to get unfollowed. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. He's a baby. <laughs> Oh, I could be your mother. That's wonderful. I have so many moments of that. There's actually like an Instagrammer who I just adore and she calls me her Insta mom. I'm like, see, you're 29. And while yes, I could be your mother, I cannot be your mother. I'm, you know, I'm not that responsible. <laughs> I was back then. I'm just not now. <laughs> Please stop calling me your mom. Like mid forties is hard enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard enough. Don't remind us every day how old we are. That's right. not cool. Right. I wake up and I'm reminded of how old I am when things that just start cracking and cracking. <laughs> um, so, so do you guys have a favorite romantic trope? Either to read or write can be either one. Um, that's tough. I like so much. And it's always about my mood. Like That's okay. Mood reading is fine. <laughs> so, like, sometimes I am just so in the mood for, like, a, just a major asshole dark romance. I want the hero to just be super hard, rough on the outside, you know? Yeah. He needs to have a gooey inside somewhere in there, but so I want the to the cinnamon be roll hero? Front. Yeah, I like that sometimes. But other times I'm just, like, in the mood for, I love the enemies to lovers trope. We've written it a couple of times. We like to write that. We haven't worked it in as much as we'd probably like to, but you know, there's a lot of tropes. So there are a lot, there's of, a lot of tropes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we're not the kind of people who write like the same thing every time. We like to space it out and kind of, you know, mix it up. So, which is a know. reader, as a reader, I appreciate that because sometimes you find an author that you really like and you, you know, fall down the rabbit hole of going back and reading their library and back catalog and stuff. And then if it's an, if it's a uh, author that is known for writing a certain trope, like bully romance or something like that, sometimes it starts to feel like the same story and they're not, mm -hmm. they really are unique stories, but because they're just, isn't enough mix up enough change. It sometimes starts to feel a little, yeah. um, stodgy so i appreciate that you kind of mix it up a little bit change yeah. things around i Jif, think like have... our our reading style probably influences our writing style wouldn't you say Jeff? yeah it's just we will never be able to write fantasy <laughs> <laughs> so no shifter romances are headed <laughs> we love reading it but like we're just that's just too complicated <laughs> there's not enough headspace for that one well oh, man <laughs> Yeah, I find that interesting just because of the lore that you have to create. And I feel like there has to be so much back work as you create that kind of and world building that you almost yeah. have to do before you even um, 
step foot into it. So I can yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Very detailed. I can appreciate that. That's just too intimidating. Um, so how did the process of writing your first book start? The flow, the struggle, finding the rhythm? Was it, did it just kind of happen? Did it mesh? Was there, do you have a book that will never see the light of day that you first wrote? And you were like, nope, this one's just going to go here. No. We all our shit out. Like, nope, we're do, we doing it. We I love that. <laughs> we're going to tidy this up and make it work. <laughs> Whip it into shape. Uh, I think since we started in fan fiction that we're a little bit different from everybody else or a lot of people, I'm not saying everybody, obviously other people got to start like we did, but, um, and uniquely, like we took our very first fan fiction was like, this is it. <laughs> this is the one we're going to publish. And it doesn't look the same as it did, you know, back in 2012, but, um, the bones are still there. I mean, you know, so we had to clean it up a lot and, a lot. You know, you have to take all of the Twilight references, even things that you wouldn't think are from Twilight. They're really from Twilight. We had to take all of that out. And then there were just, yeah. I mean, we basically did a rewrite because there was so much. The things that you can get away with in fan fiction that just does not fly um, in published <laughs> yeah. material. Uh, we had to take out a lot but yeah. yeah do you guys um will we ever see like a solo book from either one of you or do you work best together I have no plans none nope <laughs> no thank you because <laughs> <laughs> I because I know like some authors like they they write individually and then they come together and then some like they write as a duo and then they split but they still do the duo but you guys like writing together I think like, everything we to ever try we would still rely on the other so much that we might as well just call it a Jiffy Kate book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're very coded out that way. <laughs> there's a few um, old fan fictions on our account still that are like stuff that um, one of us wrote or the other wrote, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like we have some solo stuff that's out there on our fan fiction page. Um, but that was even a struggle because it was a lot of like, well, because one, I remember one time in particular, Jeff was a judge on a contest, mm -hmm. and um, I was like, "Hmm, I think I'm just going to write a little something for this contest, <laughs> you know, and submit it." But it was so hard because I could not bounce ideas off of her. She, you know what I mean? It was like I felt very alone <laughs> because you get so used to somebody being right there beside you, like mm -hmm. holding your hand, even though you're the one writing it. They're still right there. You know, and at any time, even like with our crazy schedules and, you know, writing in Google Docs or, you know, and so anytime I know that, like, if I get stumped, I'm just going to say, Jif, this is not working out. Like, come help me or she'll be the same way. Or like, you, you have a way better idea of how this is supposed to go. So yeah, like go take over. <laughs> like I just left it, but you just changed up, delete, add to it. I don't care what you do, but this is, it's yours now. And so that was weird like not having somebody to push it off on. So it was a struggle. I remember the first one I wrote and it, these were just shorts too. These were like 5,000 or less or 10,000 or less words. And it was like, dang, <laughs> like you realize how codependent you are in those times. So no, and I that was that. a long time ago. And so we're very codependent. <laughs> there are just, you know, there are just some people that do better with a partner and you get a better, fuller experience and, 
And that's something I do enjoy about your books. I feel like we do get these really full, beautiful characters and these really well-developed, plotted-out storylines. Um, you guys just put a box set on sale, and I totally grabbed it. And <laughs> I just, I loved it. I loved it. I mean... Oh, good. So I just... I think that there's a magic between the two of you. So I would, mm -hmm. I'd worry mm -hmm. a little bit Thank if you, you were like, I'd be like, you know, if I heard Jeff say, oh, I'm, I'm writing a book by myself, I would be like, I would feel compelled to message you and be like, sister, <laughs> are you sure? Do you really want to do that? Is, is that the best choice you could make? <laughs> so, I mean, just be prepared for that. <laughs> and it's more so writing together, you know, it's fun sharing these ideas mm -hmm. and oh who's your inspiration oh yeah this is my inspiration and you know it, it's it's just more fun this way yeah so when you guys are writing do you do you plan everything out or are you guys pantsers we used to be major pantsers because coming out of the fan fiction world so I know I keep going back to that but it is our roots and that's like where we got our start so so many of the things that we do is because of that so back in that time, we were writing like one chapter a week. Like we were kind of, that's how fast we would post. Uh, we would basically put out one chapter a week for a story we were writing. And so we would just sort of like, we might plot that chapter, but then we would write it and send it out mm -hmm. into the world. You know what I mean? And then like the next week we would start plotting again for this next chapter and write it and send it out into the world. So when we started writing, um, published books it was kind of attacked it the same way until we realized that just was not going to work you know and we had to give a little bit more thought and plot it out a little bit more mm -hmm. plus with our like schedules like we need that we get stumped if we don't have enough plotted out and it's like it's almost like a writer's block for us if we don't have enough in our mm -hmm. planning document yeah i can see that um so you've written three books so far in the Smarty Pants romance world of Penny Reads. Um, how was the process different from your Finding Focus or French Quarter collection? And then you also have your New Orleans, the baseball collection too now mm -hmm. out in the world. Was that different to go into someone else's world and then? Uh, it was different because we had to be a little more we had to put more thought into oh i can't just throw this character in here you know it, it, mm -hmm. this character doesn't belong to us we have to make sure you know we're doing everything up to penny standards and uh but i felt like it was more uh, the the differences really started to come into play with well, number one we had to have the book finished way earlier than what we normally do. <laughs> oh, goodness. We're, we're not so much pantsers anymore, but we're not that good all the time. We don't have just <laughs> books. You like to push the deadline. And, and then there was a team, a whole team of people to read over and, and give us mm -hmm. back. And we, we have, you know, pre-readers and, and editors, but this was like we didn't know and and you know we had to you know take their feedback seriously and you know make decisions based on that but so that that whole thing was was different for sure are we gonna see more of the ericsons because they're there are five and we've gotten three books so far mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We are so we are getting the other. <laughs> all we can like, say the all we can say is that you will eventually get all five brothers. We are only under contract for four with Penny Reed. So Okay. But okay. Okay. I'm sure at some point between now and next year, we'll be at liberty to say what we're doing, but I don't think at, right now, like we can't really go into details, but yes, yes you okay. will eventually know everybody's story. I, I'm just impatient and I, we I even love had, the like, Ericsons. We had a curious conversation with Penny about, I don't know, it's probably been a while ago. It was probably back in like in November of like, do we need to kill off one of these brothers? Oh, <laughs> and she was like, uh, <laughs> Only if you want to. <laughs> Don't do that. Like, no, you cannot Bye. kill the Viking invasion. Well, that means one of them has to die, right? Like... <laughs> oh my gosh. That's Just flip the coin. Oh, good. Ozzy or Vigo? Ozzy or Vigo? He's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'd already had it in my mind. Like, okay, well, he's the one that has to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please stop trying to kill off the Vikings. Good Lord, ladies. Um, so our main focus in April is all about the indie author. So we kind of want to talk about the struggles of being an indie author and also the joy of being an indie author. Um, being an indie author, you guys are basically small business owners. Um, and is it hard to find the balance between business and the creative? Yes. Short answer is yes. I think it is. I mean, sometimes it's not, but, um, you know, when you're in the midst of like, I think the hardest time is right after a new book comes out and it's your job to market that book. You know what I mean? Like you have to get it out there. So you're constantly talking it up. You have to stay on top of all your social medias. You know, you're probably doing pop-ins and parties and it's very time consuming. <laughs> like that kind of stuff is, is time consuming. And so, for us, I feel like, I mean, we're still struggling getting back into the groove of writing right now. I mean, we finished a book back, you know, in like late November and here we are in late March and we still haven't really got into the groove of writing again. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> just things like that, it can really take you out of the creative because you're just thrust into the business side of things. And sometimes it's just hard to switch your brain. Well, and both of you are employed full-time yeah. outside of the book world so now it's yeah. fam because you both have families mm -hmm. so it's balancing family creative business and work and that's a lot yeah. um so and we've asked a couple of authors throughout the year did covid affect your writing in any way either good or bad some have said it destroyed their creativeness others feel like they totally found their space and their time. Um, did it affect you guys either way? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish, I wish looking back, like I wish I would have used all that quarantine time to write. Um, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't happen. We, we had some releases last year that were ill-timed Every, no, not some, every release, every release yeah, every, last calendar year, to be honest, um, fell at different times. Our world was in chaos and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry if I'm not supposed to. No, you can say all the words like five times. All the words. Uh, 
it's okay. All the words are welcome. And, you know, we, we plan these releases months in advance and we, of course, we can't predict the future. Uh, so yeah, just that has been difficult. Um, ugh, yeah, it hasn't been fun. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, we've we've talked to a few where they they've really struggled mentally getting the words on the page. Just they don't feel like they've put their best work out. Like they've held off releasing stuff because they just were not in the headspace. So it, you guys are not alone. <laughs> You're yeah, not. The struggle has been real. <laughs> and I don't think I think we as the readers don't always realize just how much. And it really hasn't been for me until the last, um, I would say, six months, how much the world really affects the stories we're getting. You know, I know that just like, you know, athletes, some authors are very much creatures of habit. When they, to get into their writing zone, they always go to Starbucks and sit at this table and have this drink as they write. Well, when you're told, hey, I, you can't go there anymore they have to figure out a new way to be creative and it's almost like starting over. So as a reader, it really has made me have more patience and more grace, give more grace to authors because one, I cannot do your job. So I already respect and love you for that. But next I, as much as I might've blossomed in quarantine, not everyone did. So we have to give grace and patience and remember, Hey, Humans, too, dealing with a whole <laughs> shit ton of crap. So, um, but just know you're not alone. I think there's just been a lot of that. And I wish, I wish we had a magic potion to fix it <laughs> for yeah. everybody. Yep. Yeah, um, sure. I know lots of authors rely heavily on fan interactions. And you guys have done a couple of signings and conferences in the past. And now you've got a whole year. Do you really miss those interactions? So much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, we had um, our last book signing was in March last No, February. Yeah. The end of like, so right before right everything. Like, I mean, or, literally like one week maybe before it would just like everything just, you know. Yeah. It, it really was because, you know, there, there was already talk about COVID and, and all of that. Um, but we were in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. and we came on bourbon street and a week <laughs> yeah uh, very much <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like the week late a week later things just started going crazy and i remember my mom saying oh my gosh you were just in new orleans do you think you might have gotten COVID?" and i said well we'll find out in a week or two won't we <laughs> but um yeah that that was crazy the, yeah. the timing and everything and knowing that we were there um right as it got horrible yeah uh, crazy but yes we miss signings <clears throat> and seeing our people so much so much yeah well you have one coming up in october though right as long as fingers crossed it doesn't it's september september 25th September 20th. Oh, September. Yeah. Okay. September I had it a month earlier um, or a month later. So as long as it doesn't get pushed back, because I know I saw, I have tickets for a conference that was supposed to be in Chicago in May and they're like, nope, 2022. And I'm like, 
Oh. This is the second time. I haven't even gotten to go to a conference yet. Um, I've only worked in publishing for just about two years and now like, I still haven't gotten to come to a conference yet. Um, kind of desperate I want to. Yeah. <laughs> We love they're, they're coming eventually. Eventually. It's yeah. a little hard when it gets pushed back. It is. Well, it's just because it's those, and I'm sure it's for you guys too, it's that gleaming little hope that one more, like, closer to normalcy, closer to being out in the world, you know. Um, I'm fortunate I've had both my vaccines and a couple weeks past it now. And I feel secure going out into the world. Um, and so I'm ready but the world around me isn't quite caught up with me. <laughs> so we'll just wait it out. It'll be okay. Um, so tell us, ladies, what's next for you guys? So we just had um, Eye Candy came out in the beginning of March, correct? End of February, beginning of March? Mid-March. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's next? Or Jenny's like... February. I think it was February. I don't know. I read it. Everybody should read it. It all blends together. (laughs) Read about the jam jars. It it came out like right as the free, like right before the freeze hit. So again, it was just one of those releases where, you know. Chaos prevailed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are we getting more baseball next? Are we getting. We are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we are currently in Owen Thatcher's book. So, and if you're like people who are in our group, we'll probably start teasing it, maybe mentioning a title soon. And we already have the cover, like uh, we, we, the photo for the cover is already secured and um, working on the cover and things like that. So fun. I like this baseball world. I read, um, the assist and the assistant one. The, the, ace, and the, assistant. the ace and the assistant. Yeah. So it's the second book. Um, I really loved it. I mean, that was such a great story. You guys did a really great job. And, um, Thank you. So that was a good one. Also, Eye Candy came out February 18th, just so we're all. <laughs> None of us were even close. <laughs> so. I mean, okay. we had the right month. Month? Yeah. It was February. I said ish. <laughs> so talk to us about your decision to be in KU. So all of your books are part of KU. I know that because you're in KU, that limits you that you can only be on Amazon. That means you cannot push your books out to Barnes and Nobles and to smaller bookstores um, and such like that. Um, you guys have always been in KU. Um, and I know it's a business decision to make. Um, do you feel, I've recently read that there's a couple of, authors that have making the choice to leave KU and go wide um, because they just feel like KU is stunting them. There's the love and the hate for KU. Um, any thoughts on your love or hate? I mean, KU is nice because it lets you try out a new author without fully committing. Um, but for you as an yeah. author. I think there's security well, there, but because yeah. it's very I don't know, intimidating thinking about going wide. I mean, I'm not opposed, but it's scary. You know, just. Yeah. Just because like we're at the point where more than half of our in of our royalties come from Kindle unlimited. So Mm -hmm. if you think of it in those terms, like, 
So you're just going to cut off 50% of your royalties. Um, and the turnaround, you know, to go in, to go wide and start making money wide because you don't have a readership there. Like we don't have, I mean, thanks to Smarty Pants Romance, we have a small readership who might recognize our name or a book from like iBooks or some of, because some of our Smarty Pants Romance books have went wide, usually just for a couple of days and they're mm -hmm. pulled out and they go to KU. Um, so we have maybe a small readership, but not much. And <clears throat> back maybe like two or three years ago, our Table 10 series was in, um, it was like an iBooks for a while. Um, it was kind of like an, almost like an exclusive thing, but it, where it was in iBooks and um, we had to pull it out of KU. And I think it was there for like a year and a half or something like that. But I mean, it got to the point where it was just like nothing, you know, and unfortunately we were with another small online publishing company. So it wasn't our choice. We had to leave it until the end of our contract. But the minute we put it back into KU, it just done. I think some books do really well in KU and other books do really well wide. And so I think you just have to know your audience, your readership and your books, and then make that decision for yourself. Because there are some authors who swear, you know, that going wide just blew up their career and that they're making triple what they made when they were exclusive with Amazon, you know, and, and I believe them. <laughs> I do. It's yeah. just, it's never really worked for us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, well, and I have seen more and more authors experimenting with it where they'll just pull one series out yeah. and put it wide to see how it goes. And then more often than not, I, you see that series come back mm -hmm. and stay back. Yeah. Um, you know, Penny Reed has been a really great resource for us because she, it, she does so much research, so much research. And so, and there's things that we already kind of knew, but it's so nice to have somebody else kind of validate that for you. And like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> she's in that firm belief that if it, your cover even makes a huge difference. So everyone was kind of a little upset, not everybody, but some people were a little upset that, you know, our stem muffin and our beefcake got switched out to abs and mm -hmm. but that was all very strategic it wasn't our decision but it, we feel like it's a good decision we agreed with the decision but that was you know an SPR decision because she knew that we, our books would be going into Kindle Unlimited and it's just kind of been proven that people on the cover will sell more books than KU so I think that's another thing you have to look at too yeah like what type the of cover you're going to use and stuff covers are interesting because so um, I was just watching t a TikTok today where a girl was like hating on illustrated covers. Like, why are you doing this? And because they're cutesy versus the illustrated covers of the 70s, where it was truly romantic with their clothes almost falling off on them. You know, we're we were looking at mm -hmm. one of the old Jude Devereaux's that, you know, her gown is like sliding off her arms and he like doesn't have his shirt on, but it's illustrated. It's, you know, looks like a watercolor effect. Um, and so she was hating on him a little bit and then talking about how she wants her abs. She wants her real man. I have a very, I, I don't love illustrated covers. I'm always so worried they're going to be more cutesy than they are you know, romance. Like, mm -hmm. can you really get steam if there's like a cute little chubby dog on 
a cover. Yeah. You know? So last year, I don't know, it might not even, but it was probably more like 2019. <clears throat> Illustrated covers seem to be going like mm-hmm. wild, right? And every really every release that you would see this especially like in mainstream like traditional publishing it was like these books that were just like hitting top of the charts so anytime you went to amazon to bestsellers list and things like that all you saw was illustrated covers and jeff and i were like we want one of those you know <laughs> but the more that we did our own research and the more that we talked to you know our cover designer and then other people in the industry it was like you started to realize those books i mean like a rom-com does really well with an illustrated cover and if it's wide so there's a lot of like factors that go into like what you can use it's not you can use anything you want to but if you want to give your book the best chance then you kind of there's kind of rules you have to follow you know and so not rules per se but just like i don't know like trends and things like that it's what sells you know what i mean and so if you're writing a contemporary romance and you're going to put it in ku then you probably don't want to put an illustrated cover on it. You know, it's not going to sell for you. So it's just so much. <laughs> I'm, and I'm a cover snob. I'm a cover snob. Oh. I, I, Absolutely. there was one, um, a series, a world building series where it had a woman on the cover and her, she was holding her collar and her hair was covering it, but the hand looked almost like a man hand and it looked like it was fur on the back of her hand because of the way the, way the curl hit. hit. It looked like, like did, yeah. <clears throat> and then I actually, another book was sent to me and suggested for one of our quick shot episodes. And the guy on the front cover looked like Euro trash, like totally was going to the disco. And he just, and he looked really young. I'm like, I can't read this. And the girl's like, but it's really good. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't read this. And she's like, okay. I'm like I just can't. I just I just shared a cover like in our in our little text group of it. Just the picture they chose was terrible. Like I don't know what who approved it. I'm like this guy looks like the biggest douche nugget ever. Like don't read this because the cover is just not good. Uh, we did the same. And then I felt bad because it could be a really good book, but. Oh, yeah. It's not a good cover. We do the same. So, and back to your question about like, or not question, but like what you were saying, like the joys of indie publishing and then like the not so fun things of indie publishing. Yeah. I would say the joys of indie publishing are being able to make your own decisions when that mm-hmm. time comes around for that stuff. Because we have had a small taste of being with a an online publisher, like I said, for Table 10 um, and not having the final say-so and not being completely happy. Like the second that our, that contract was over and we had the rights back for Table 10, we slapped <laughs> that old cover right back on it and it went right back onto Amazon, right back into KU. It was like, <laughs> give us our book back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that the joys of indie publishing are being your own boss and being able to make all the creative decisions when but it you have to full your... control over everything yeah. right. well and we talked to Lexi Blake a while ago and she told us that one of the first things she did when she started making some money is she went and started buying her books back from her publishers because she hated the price point that they were put at mm-hmm. like it really irritated and angered her and she's like I want my books accessible and if you slap eight ninety nine on you know a book an ebook 
people aren't going to buy that. They're going to buy it at four ninety nine, maybe at five ninety, but they're not buying it eight ninety nine. So that's you know some of the good and bad too of indie publishing. You just set the price point as to what you're going to sell your book for. Yeah, and so. you have no control if they're if you want to put something on sale, if you want to run a promotion. Like you just you can't you're at their leisure. Anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We are so grateful to have you. Thank you for helping us kick off Indie Author Month. Um, And as always, uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having (laughs) us. Thank you. So fun. Okay, so that was a fun discussion with them. They're such sweet ladies. We had so much fun with them at Drunk Book Club. Of course, we had to yes, invite them yes, back on did. an episode. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Fun. Um, and I'm sure they're pretty tired of hearing me talk about the jam. <laughs> wow. From eye candy. <laughs> but it was such a good moment. It was such, such a, a moment. Such a moment. It was, I mean, that's, the, I feel like that's when you really know, like, a book made impact when a few, like, weeks later, we're still talking about it. Slightly obsessing about it. It's okay. <laughs> I help. mean, it was good. It was good. <laughs> Okay, so anyway. before we get into all the other crazy, um, I wanted to give a quick Patreon update. We have some new members to the tribe. Welcome to the book tribe. Um, we have Callie and Elizabeth, and it's supposed to be Marissa and Melissa, but it looks like my autocorrect changed it to Melissa and Melissa. Well, if I got their names wrong, the we'll autocorrect. fix them next episode. Um, but. Welcome to the book tribe. If you would like to be a member of our Patreon, you can find more details on our website or at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee. Tell everybody about April Drunk Book Club, Leah. April Drunk Book Club is April 10th and we are reading Stud in the Stacks by Pippa Grant. Um, We also are having a special extra book club this month with Lexi Blake, and we are reading book one of her Masters of Mercenary series, The Dom Who Loved Me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. She So every member of our Patreon was provided a free copy of this book um, from Lexi herself so she could come and chat with us about her book. How awesome is that? I know. I'm excited to talk to her again. I loved talking to her last time. So um, this episode drops April 4th. So two Fridays before we kicked off a new feature on our Instagram. We have Floof Friday. Um, This is something that we're going to do every Friday. We will feature a floof from one of our tribe members. Detail on Floof Friday can be found on our website. And um, yeah, we're going to feature one of our cute floofs. Not all the floofs have to have fur because we all know I live in a zoo. So so my flu, my yeah. floofs do not have fur. Um, well, because most of your floofs are reptiles. Right. Uh, but your floof got the feature first Friday. My floof did. Well, one of my floofs. We have four floofs, which, but that's okay. But our floof link, <laughs> our Aussie Collie, he, he was our first official floof of the Fridays. So, and yeah. He got all the love and was quite the stud. Um, he was. So for the romantic buzz this time, I wanted to talk about um, the loss of one of my favorite childhood authors, Miss Beverly Cleary. I just felt like Mm -hmm. one of the things, you know, buzzing about romance, we're all about the romance. 
But you also, Leah, started as a young reader. You know, you fell uh-huh. in love with children's fiction. Yeah, she fiction. actually was one of my, she was one of the first books that I read, like full on. Um, and I loved her books. Like I devoured the Ramona and Beezus, like all of those books, which actually I told my mom the other day, like she needs to buy, my youngest is seven and a very, she's actually quite advanced for her age for reading. So I was like, you need to buy these books for her because she would really like them. Yes. Because Ramona is, is one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Um, yeah. But I and, also love Ralph S. Mouse. Yeah. The mount, like the mouse and the motorcycle. Motorcycle. Yes. I mean, who doesn't love a little mouse on a motorcycle? Just so, driving around? I just, um, earlier today I saw a tweet from Judy Bloom, who was another one of my childhood loves. Yes. Um, she had done a very sweet tweet about Beverly Cleary saying that she had inspired her to write her stories. And even though they had never met, that she would never know the impact that Beverly Cleary had on her on her life and her writing and her inspiration. And I see that because, you know, the imagination of opening those worlds into the Ramona worlds mm-hmm. or into, you know, Henry and Ribs ribsby worlds with the dog and stuff like that it for a child there's magic in those books so there is magic in those books and i appreciate that they're still reading those books in school also because my eldest last year one of his big projects was ramona quimby age eight like they did they read it like and it was like a week to week read and they had to talk about it and like the whole egg scene, like he just, scene. he loved it. Like I love, I, were... I love the, I love the fact that like these books still make such an impact in the classroom setting. They're ageless. They're ageless, you know, and Beverly Cleary was 104 years old when she passed. I know that's impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. And so she had a huge impact and I felt like it was really important that we take a moment and honor her and her contribution just mm-hmm. to us being readers, because that's something. At the end of the day, you and I are lifelong readers. So Yes. Okay, next up, what are you reading this week, Leah? I am reading um, Anna Hackett, her third book in her Norcross series, The Specialist, um, came out on the 30th, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I look just adore Anna Hackett and her writing. I know you've been down this rabbit hole for about a week now. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because she has multiple series. So I, I, I go down the rabbit hole every once in a while. And like, I'm, I actually am rereading. I reread like the first two Norcrosses before like the third one came out just because I had to. But I, I do. If you have not read her yet, you should. She's very good. So I'm reading Master Baker by Pippa Grant. (laughs) And we all know that I'm going to get this wrong because we're actually going to do a quick shot of that this week. And so we all know I'm going to get it wrong. You just say it slow every time and you'll be fine. Or people are going to think I'm drunk. They're going to think I'm drunk. I only say words slow when I'm drunk is all I'm saying. But I mean, that (sighs) when you kind of have to. Right. Because it's going to come off so wrong. Um, so what notable upcoming releases do you have this week, Leah? 
Okay, so my Almost X by Piper Rain is coming out on April 6th until autumn, which is in the, the Aurora Rose Reynolds um, Happily Ever Alpha World um, by Sheridan Ann comes out on April 2nd. Right with Benefits by K.A. Lindy is coming out on April 7th. There's a lot of books coming out right now. Yeah. And Say You Are Mine by Layla Hagen comes out April 6th. What about you? So I have Reckless by Adriana Locke coming out April the 8th. That is the third book in the Mason Family series. And then I'm trying a new author. It was suggested to me, um, We're Made of Moments by Molly, Molly McLean. And that comes out on April the 9th. So hmm. I'm excited to check that out. Um, we also want to draw some attention. Another notable release coming out is Under the Bus by Kelly Kay. That releases, um, I have it as 4-6, but I think I'm wrong. I believe that comes out on the 7th, April 7th. It's She went with a Wednesday release because um, it's also her child's birthday. <laughs> That's the only reason I knew that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we also are going to have a happy hour with Kelly on April the 9th. Yes. And to go along with us hosting a happy hour, we are going to run on our website and Instagram and all the social medias a uh, giveaway for the five ebook set of Kelly K's Sonoma Winery series. So that will be an e copy of Crushing, Rootstock, Uncorked, Over a Barrel, and Under a Bus. There will be details on the website starting today when the episode drops um tell everybody what we're doing next um next up we are chatting with new on the scene author well new on the scene indie author e.h lyon she writes fun and steamy stories her stories take you on a light and bantering ride until the very end when your couple finds their happily ever after we're going to chat with her about what had her taking the leap to become an indie romance author yeah, I think she released her first book in January. Um, I, yeah. So, and there's small town romances. I'm I'm interested to talk to her because I think that it's really interesting to make this choice to come into the world of being an author and an mm-hmm. indie author at that. I mean, it's it's kind of scary to take that leap and yeah, I can imagine put your stories out it would there. Be very scary to do that. Yeah. So that's it for us on this episode of Buzzing About Romance. We will chat with you all next time. Bye, everybody.